following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. day guys and we're almost through the week i am your fantasy co-host kyle rennie joined as always by mr gary hall gary how are you today i'm doing fine we're gonna do another great episode and getting close to the season yeah um so we figured we're getting close we gotta figure out some stuff to talk about before we really get too over the top here uh we're gonna discuss players that we kind of feel are either going to be overdrafted and they will underperform their ADP or uh, underdrafted. You might be able to get them in a low spot and be a nice uh, a part here. But before we get into that uh, discussion, we're going to bring up some news from the past week. Uh, first and foremost, former second-round kicker of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, you know, it's, it's almost amazing that they won a Super Bowl after drafting a kicker in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> um, Former second-round kicker Roberto Aguayo has been waived by the New England Patriots, so he is now again looking for a team. I didn't know he was on the New England Yep, Patriots. New England scooped him up. Uh, he was the third kicker on that roster, Yikes. I believe. Uh, and he got caught before an undrafted free agent kicker. So that should tell you everything you need to know about that situation. Um, pick number... Part number two here. Uh, Jordan Matthews, another former Bills... Wide receiver is converting to tight end the second this offseason. Both played on the same time, I think, right? Uh, just one after another, roughly, but yes. So there's another uh, interesting tidbit there. Uh, the Jets and offensive tackle Morgan Moses are pushing towards a contract. Uh, not sure anything's going to be done or official there, but currently what the Jets are trying to get done. The Jaguars have signed former first-round bust wide receiver Laquan Treadwell, uh, famously drafted by Minnesota. Just could not ever get it together. Nope. Uh, and unfortunately for him, he really didn't get it together. Um, the Detroit Lions signed wide receiver Chad ha- Chad Hansen, and some people might go, who? Uh, Hansen actually had a nice stretch down the... Last five or six games last year with Houston of being close to being their number one receiver with injuries and fared well as a fantasy player in that situation. So Chad Hansen, someone to possibly watch in training camp this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I know this, is, this has been something you've been dogging on them quite a bit about, Gary. Uh, the Steelers actually have made a move to build up the line and have hosted Trey Turner. Uh, formerly a Pro Bowl guard with Carolina, had one bad year with the Chargers before being released. So maybe Pittsburgh working to fix what's broken. Uh, Zavin Collins, the first-round linebacker drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, has been arrested for reckless driving. Frank Clark, the highly sought-after defensive end from Kansas City, the highly overpaid defensive end, 
arrested on illegal gun charges. Elvin Kamara was named the, the Growth and Engagement Advisor for NASCAR, trying to help blend the NASCAR fan base. And the Raiders defensive end Carl Esabis came out as a gay man. Um, NFL calling him the first active gay NFL player, as Michael Sam was the first gay NFL player, however, did not get into real live game action. Um, I think that'll really do it for this week's news there, Gary. Uh, but what do you say we started off hot? We talk about players we think are going to underproduce at the ADP of where you draft them this year. Being guys that are going to get drafted well higher than you're comfortable taking them. Um, I mean, I'll start off here already. Guy who's creeping to the top half of the first round in a lot of drafts. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor here as a player that I'm not comfortable drafting. People are going to draft him entirely too high. And I think he's got more of the mid-RB2 potential than being a top five running back. Yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, we have number three, two, one, two, three, four, five, seven are like really good um, like household names, and then it's just Jonathan Taylor, so it's like one of these things just doesn't belong here kind of thing. Um, I mean... Not that he's a bad back, I just no, I don't think he deserves it, that high of a, and, a and draft I, spot yet. And I don't remember if you and I talked about it on the air last week or if I was telling you off the air... Um, I actually saw a tweet, a retweet. I think Joe Pizzapia might have actually liked it. Uh, and the guy broke down Jonathan Taylor's performance last year. And his big points actually came in 8 out of 10 games against the lowest-ranked yep. run defenses in the league. And he struggled. He was running back 31, 33, and 32, I think it was. So he wasn't even, he wasn't even a running back 2 in games versus standard run defenses. Right. For the longest time, it was um, Hines. Naeem Hines did a lot of the damage there. And, and, and then you have to factor in Marlon one of your Mack's guys. Marlon Mack comes back this year. So I, I just... I'm not saying that Jonathan Taylor will be bad. I'm just saying buyers no. beware. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sold that high. It's the same thing as Clyde edwards Lair last year. It's the same thing as two years ago with Patrick Mahomes when everybody jumped on him as a top five player. And people were understanding there is regression that happens. So, yes, he might still be a top six quarterback, but I believe he wasn't the number one quarterback that year, and people took him overvalued from what he did the year before. The right. year before is different than the year you're going into. Uh, so I'll say Jonathan Taylor's my number one. We'll go back down this list here, though, and you see any names that you, that are jumping out at you. Right now, and I hate to say it, but I'm going to go with Devontae Adams, only for the fact that we, don't, we still don't know about... Um, Aaron Rodgers. I'm I, comfortable with him because I don't think, whereas he, we have him listed here at 10, I think he'll ultimately be drafted around the 16 to 18 range. And right, and that's okay, but right where now, he's listed on this, listed yes. at the 10, it's like, okay, well, Tyreek Hill's here at 11, uh, Eckler's here at 9, I could go with uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb. Um, there's still good value there, and I'm not losing too much of a um, spot if I don't take Devontae Adams. I mean, if, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback... All day, yes. But just in the scenario, it's just a little bit of a a little bit of a gamble because we don't know what we got in Jordan Love just yet, or even Blake Bortles if he's the guy they're going to go with. Um, I will say one guy that I'm seeing here at 
17 in Antonio Gibson. That's a guy who I think if someone had him in fantasy last year, they're going to overvalue him. And I think Gibson might be a risk of not producing as much. Uh, I mean, the list we're looking at has Stephon Diggs at 20. We'll touch on that on Friday's episode because mm-hmm. I would still call him a top three wide receiver. And if I can get him at the back half of round two, I'm very happy with that mm-hmm. production. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here uh, at 19. I'm still not sold on that either. I yeah. think if I'm in that spot and I've got the options of Hilaire, Diggs, Ridley, or Hopkins, I'm taking one of those receivers 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, and only for the fact that Hilaire, they didn't seem to trust him too much and they love to pass the ball, so he's not going to get that many touches in some games. Yeah, it's it's unfortunately he's going to be a pass first. Right. And the thing is, unless they shore that defense up, most KC games never get to a point where KC's so far out that they stop passing. They're usually still only up by one or two scores because the defense isn't very strong. No, not at all. And uh, we still, I mean, they did get a little bit better of a line, maybe. We'll see how they perform. But sometimes when you throw a bunch of different guys in there, they don't always mesh right away. So we don't know if that, that pass protection is still going to be up to par. No, absolutely on that. Um what else do we got here for overrated? I'm not upset going through 30 here. I'm actually more mm, thinking... Maybe Dobbins? I wouldn't even be upset with Dobbins there because that's where you start getting into that, that weird RB2 kind of factory in the th- the back half of the third round. So I don't hate Dobbins there. Um... I see uh, the way that they've got this falling. I don't hate any of this. I'm almost thinking one of the Dallas wide receivers, someone's going to overpan, and I don't know who. Right. I I think the clear cut number one receiver there is Cooper, but um, I've heard a lot of people saying that CeeDee Lambs looked phenomenal in camp, which is what's got me confused. Honestly, I don't want to buy in any Dallas receivers. I I was about to say, like, it's one of those gamble things because you don't know. Um, who Dak's going to want to go to. Dak ended up being like, hey, C.D. Lamb's the guy getting open, so he's going to get the ball. Yeah, and and like that is going to be the thing. How does Dak come back and perform? Does the run game get started again? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be one of the biggest gambles, and I feel like I'd be comfortable with one of those guys in the fourth maybe. Right. Um, I mean, if I have the choice, because it's listed Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Robert Woods. I'm going to go with Robert Woods for the fact that I know Robert Woods is going to get his... He's a possession guy who's going to get his targets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially now with a very talented Matt Stafford at quarterback. And uh, I was reading an article today. Sean McVay said Matt Stafford is better than advertised right now. So he's gushing over... Oh, yeah. he. I saw that, too. He is in love with, with Matt Stafford. Who knows? Maybe we'll see an MVP Matt Stafford. Um, more overrated. I kind of think Adam Thielen here at the slot he is at 48. Granted, I know that's only a fourth-round pick. But I could see him coupled with the injuries and everything else sliding and being outside of the 100 player this year. Mm -hmm. You've got a new guy there in Justin Jefferson who who took on a big role already as a rookie. Mm -hmm. It would not shock me whatsoever to see him really go up. And I I could truly also see... Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but the Vikings 
tried to aggressively trade up to Carolina spot at number eight and take Ju- Justin Fields. Um, they ended up settling for Kellen Mond in the third, I think. Third round. Third. So, hypothetically, let's say that the Vikings lose like two of the first four games or their Kirk Cousins is just not performing. It's going to be Kellen Mond's job. And do I trust Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson with Kellen Mond, the quarterback? Not just yet. So it's um, one of those things. It's like Kirk Cousins, if he underperforms, it's his, it's his, it's his job. Yeah. Uh, pick number 58 on this list, Juju Smith-Schuster. That's a guy that I, I think I could talk myself into as well being overrated. He was very streaky last year. Yes, he saw a lot of targets, but he's also only there on a one-year deal. Plus, now they're going to focal point the run game a lot more heavier this year that they actually have a running guy. But they also they have Chase Claypool and they have Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson, and both of those guys are one more year further into mm-hmm. the league on rookie deals still. Right. So if you can get the ball to them and prove that you've got two young guys there and you can build around it, I don't see them being that concerned about Juju Smith-Schuster. I will say this. As much as you and I liked him, I will go back-to-back picks here of guys that are going to be overdrafted at the position. Kyle Pitts and Michael Carter. I think people are going to draft Pitts even higher than we're I, Exactly, and I don't want Pitts anything higher than maybe the ninth round because he's still very unproven, and it takes a while to get a he's rookie tight end. He's listed here at 64, but I can see people taking him in the early 40s to 50, mid, 50 range. Absolutely. And Michael Carter might end up being a good pick, but until we know for sure what they're feeling with the Jets. Right. I don't necessarily... Same with Fournette, too, because we don't know what type of running back we're going to get. Are we going to get a playoff Leonard Fournette, or... Is he going to go back to being behind Rojo on the depth right. chart? And Rojo let playoff Lenny go because... It, it is what it is. Um, oh, oh, wait a minute. We got some breaking news on the show here. Vikings rookie defensive tackle Jalen Twyman was shot four times in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Wow. Wrong place, wrong time. He is okay, and he's expected to get surgery. Uh, or does not need surgery. X-rays are negative, anticipation, and he'll make a full recovery. But, wow. Yeah, that's that's insane. Uh, wish Prayers to yeah, Jalen Twyman. Holy speedy crap. Speedy recovery and prayers to the family. Um... That's something you're not expecting to read every day in the middle of a podcast, so that's uh, that's a thing. Um, but no, Michael Carter we talked about. Devonta Smith, I'm going to say I don't like him at that level either. I think I'd be more comfortable with Claypool, Boyd. Who else is behind him? Jerry, Judy. Oh, I'm taking Judy and Samuel over Devonta Smith all day and every day. I would agree. I just we just gotta hope that Drew Locke's gonna be taking not. I wouldn't even say a Josh Allen type leap, but show that hey, uh, like this could be. I could be your guy for the future. Yes, because um, he could end up being in the same type of situation Sam Darnold ended up in, and it's like, well, Denver's gonna go get a quarterback in the first round next year, and we're trading you. Yeah, uh, we're gonna give up on you for for a fourth and a bag of Skittles, aka we're gonna bring Marshawn Lynch back. Um, players that I also think Melvin Gordon to me Melvin Gordon can fall into the round 10 11 hundreds category at this point because I don't if he doesn't have a secure spot of that job yeah he's going to lose he's going to get zero carries exactly and it's not like he's going to get zero but 
that was the situation. Every two, maybe every three carries, depending on. Yes, and that's the situation I didn't want to be in last year with with Philip Lindsay. And I think a lot of people overdrafted Philip right. Lindsay in the seventies and eighties. Whereas you didn't have a clear cut idea of how it was going to go. In certain games, Philip Lindsay was a hot hand. In certain games, it was Melvin Gordon. And something right. like that, like they don't run the ball enough in Denver for me to be comfortable taking one or two mm-hmm. guys in a, in a committee. Um. If you got both of them, I guess. It's okay. Yeah, if you have both of them, but then you you're wait or you're spending two picks and probably seven and eight to secure what you have to hope is going to be your running back two then, and that's just a real risky situation. Um, Brandon Cooks is overrated here. Just I don't know who you trust as a as a quarterback in that spot. Same with Odell. I don't know if I'd say Odell. If I get Odell at that spot, banking on a comeback, as we're getting to a guy who once um. was a third round pick. And I'm getting him in the ninth. I think I'm okay with that. I value. just, I just don't. I don't know if he's going to produce, but I think I'm okay with the upside there still. David Johnson, for sure, overrated. And they're talking about even trading Odell, so I don't know if that's happening or not. Which that could help more than it's going to hurt. Uh, but no, David Johnson, overrated. I can't see him playing more than seven games this year. I don't really want anything to do with Damon Harris right now. We don't. They have New England's never the same with who they play back to back years. Mm-hmm. Um. Hollywood Brown, I don't know how I feel about that. I think they're going to try to get him the ball, but they know that their identity is running the ball. So, But they also drafted two receivers and, and signed, signed Sammy, Sammy Watkins. Watkins. So Hollywood Brown at in the hundreds, if he's the starter, too. is a good option. If he's not, they might, he might even be the odd man out. Irv Smith, Ryan Tannehill... I don't want anything to do with T.Y. Yeah, even at that spot? No, I don't want too many goose eggs last year. John Brown at 111. I don't like that. Um, And it's nothing to do with John Brown as much as it is I don't see him getting the same reps and timeshares he had in Buffalo. Right. You're putting him out there with Henry Ruggs. You're putting him out there with Brian Edwards, who was supposed to be the the next big deal with Ruggs last year, got hurt in minicamp, but kind of never recovered. They said he has been a powerhouse. Um, I don't don't trust that John Brown is going to be a productive fantasy pick out of me at that spot. Especially as a wide receiver one or two. McCole Hardman, another pick I don't like. That's one of those guys that I think people are going to be taking in the 10th round going, yep. I'm going to win on this finally. Sammy's not there. I don't, don't Sammy's care not who's there. not there. Byron Pringle isn't good. But they did draft or sign Cornell Powell. And they drafted so. in the 6th, Cornell Powell. Um, see, we're getting done. And this is where I'm going to start making my bread and butter here. Ronald Jones is down this list. Latavius Murray's down this list. Cole Beasley at 132 is a crime. Um, and Henry Ruggs is here. This is where I'm going to start getting all my fun time here of players that we'll talk about in the next episode. How is Mike Gusecki that low? Mike Gusecki's a tight end one. Borderline, and they've got him at 145. I'll take him all day. Gabriel Davis, Matt Ryan. Zach Ertz is a guy that I probably don't draft unless he gets traded. Gets traded, yeah. Um, try to get to the back half of this here. Traquan Smith, no thank you. Um, I don't want anything to do with Rashad Bateman. Sony Michelle, I'm probably avoiding drafting. That's gonna be someone that throw, that's you're you're seeing someone throw darts at the board at the very end of the draft. 
Benny Snell, yep. same situation. I want nothing to do with him. Philip Lindsay, there's Philip three, Lindsay, there's I three don't backs hate, there. But two aging backs, I couldn't say healthy. Philip Lindsay, I wouldn't be shocked to see him walk away with the starting job there. I don't want anything to do with A.J. Green. I don't want anything to do with Prashad Perryman. Um, do we have anybody we missed up at this top here, Gary? You can rescan it. I so in terms of overdrafting, I will say I think I would I would suggest if you're drafting Travis Kelsey in the first round, you've probably overdrafted a tight end. Right. I don't like taking tight ends until like the fourth or fifth, sometimes later than that, depending on um, who it is and where the value is. Like I'm not gonna take uh, I'm not gonna take Dawson Knox in the third. You know what I mean? If I miss out on wave one of tight ends being the top three, I'm holding off to get. Tight end eight or nine because in terms of relative score and averages, even like a sneaky Logan Thomas. Well, that's it. I'll double up and go tight end eight, tight end eleven, so I have that high end next mm-hmm. tight end guy. Yeah. But that's it. Look at last year. Nobody drafted Logan Thomas. Right. Nobody's gonna have. Well, I mean, Adam Trautman might be a different situation, but those are your I guys. Mean, and then if you're drafting Janu Smith or. Um, Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry, it's like you probably want both of them. Yep, but that's it. Is I've always doubled down because that's how you get your your next Darren Waller. That's how you're going to get your last year was was Dallas Goder and Logan Thomas. People had Goder as tight end twelve, and you hung around and waited, and he ended up being tight end seven. Yep. People over pursued guys like Jared. Jared Cook's one of those guys every year. Jared Cook is infamous for being tight end six on the list. Where does he really end up? Usually around tight end twelve. But you're drafting him because you know he's going to be a top 12 tight end instead of throwing your darts. No, Robert Tunyon last year. Mm-hmm. What, 12 touchdowns? Had a great year. Those are the guys where, and that's, again, we, we discussed this a couple weeks ago, but the fantasy black book, the Joe Pizapia type stuff. That's what I want to start teaching and start talking about on the air is being able to understand your relative value, your average points, and why, excuse me, why, yes, tight end four might be oh my god, I need him because I need a tight end. Okay, but if you get tight end four here, as opposed to wide receiver 27, let's say that, when you look at your tiers, wide receiver 27 is going to be the third tier receiver. What's the percentage higher than the average of that group? If he's 10% higher than your average in that group and tight end four is only 3% higher than the average there, and you know the average is bolstered by the top three tight ends, mm-hmm. you're getting higher value with your wide receiver three there. I mean, like especially in some of our home leagues, you and I kind of make our bread and butter because everyone drafts Kelsey and Kittle yes. in like the first two. And, and I'll sit there, and I've done it almost three straight years. Because we know it's going to be Mahomes, Kelsey, Kittle all up there. And, and we're like, I, okay, everything's I'm going to stockpile running backs and receivers because guess what? When injuries happen, if you have – either filled your roster out and you have an injury, you have depth on your team, or if you get clean with injuries, you can turn and wheel some of those players that the other teams need for a position of your need. And I've done that year in and year out. I make sure I have two top ten quarterbacks. Guess what? If my guys both overperform and I have two top eight quarterbacks, yep. I can wheel my lower end quarterback for your shit quarterback and a position player of, of a position of need. It's... <clears throat> It's really I'm I'm starting to learn to avoid the roster handcuff. Yeah, you don't. I have so many people and so many friends 
the draft to fill a roster. And that should not be how you do fantasy football. If you go in your first four rounds or wide receiver, okay, yeah, you might be hurting in positions, but you can still move your wide receiver four. Yeah. For one, for a, what would be a second running back? Guess yeah, what? If RB two at the end of the day, that's the same as you just drafted first, second, second, third mm-hmm. instead of one, two, three, four. It's the way you need to start to look at it. Yeah, it didn't. Yes, know your leagues, because if you have leagues where people don't trade, it's not going to yeah. make much of a difference. Like, our league isn't the best with trading, but... No, and, and I'm very, very kosher when it comes down to I end up losing most of my trades, because I'll give up more than I need to to mm-hmm. solidify one position. I'm not... I don't really like trading in redraft leagues, just because it's more of a gamble, I think. Well, I mean, look at what happened to me. I, in our league last year, I had Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson... Mm-hmm. And Dak was red hot. I think it was week five, the week before he broke his leg. I'm like, all right, I'm committing to Dak. Dak's been great. Trade Deshaun Watson for a wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. Lose Deshaun Watson, lose Dak Prescott the same week, and I go forward with Drew Locke as my starting quarterback. Third. Drew right. Locke and Derek Carr as my starting quarterback mm-hmm. the rest of the year. And, I mean... If it was a dynasty league, that trade's not looking too bad because then you get Dak back this year. Deshaun Watson's not even going to play that we think. So, it just in the, uh, redraft leagues, trading is a little bit more difficult, I think, just because uh, obviously it's a one season type thing. So it's a a bigger gamble where it's like in a fantasy or in a dynasty league, you'll keep those players that you get, and if they're hurt, they're going to play the next season. You know. Absolutely. Um, guys, I think that's about it for this episode, though. Gary, anything else you want to say? No, hopefully it's going to be moving quick to this season because I'm itching to watch some good football. Oh, I can't wait for some football. But, guys, we will uh, we'll figure it out and happily get to talk about this. We'll t- catch you guys next week when we talk about some uh, sleeper picks. So, guys, uh, stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. And... Until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. Have a good one, guys.